Hello, and welcome to Haunts and Creeps, our podcast. Uh, <laughs> Asia asked me to do the intro, and I told her it was a bad idea, and here we are anyway. You said you would try. Shh. I'm doing your intro right now. My name is Rose, and this is Asia. Now, how awkward was that, Asia? How do you feel? I don't think as awkward as you do. I don't like doing that. <laughs> I just want you to say my name and get it over with. But then I feel bad I'm the only one talking. You can talk. It's fine. <laughs> so I don't feel bad. Noted. <laughs> um, all right. What's your disturbing part of the week? I actually have a disturbing one. Oh. This one's disturbing. Okay. <clears throat> so, on my shift on Halloween. Yes. Yes. We discussed this last week. Yes. Not only was a Halloween the second uh, full moon of the month, the blue moon, it was also daylight savings. Uh-huh. So, in the middle of the night, when it went from 1 a.m. to 1 a.m. again, we had to change over some of the clocks, and the, like, online charting system went down for the time change. So, we're all mm -hmm. sitting around talking to each other because there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, the charge nurse I mentioned last week, she was telling us stories from her days as a nurse. She's still a nurse, but you know what I mean. Uh -huh. Apparently, at the old hospital, there was this elderly woman on the med surge floor, and she was, like, in her 90s. Her 50-year-old daughter came to visit her, and when the nurse left the room, the daughter shot her mom in the head and then herself. Holy shit. And that's not even the most disturbing part. So we were talking about this because we were changing the clocks. And I guess that year, when they had to change the clocks for daylight savings, they had to take them down yeah. because they're all, they were all manual. And they found pieces of her brain behind the clock. So she was still there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> that's what you, how you want to think of it. That is definitely an odd one. I'm more curious how, well, I guess they don't have metal detectors, because, like, federal buildings, you can't walk in with anything metal. Like, you have to put your keys and your shit through a scanner. Yeah, but and in a hospital, like, the only that. metal detectors are in the ER, and that's because they get crazy fuckers coming in with guns all the time, you know? <laughs> like, legitimately. Yeah. Plus, this was in, like, the 2000s, even though it was after 9-11 and, like, Metal detectors were more of a thing. They still hadn't been implemented everywhere. Yeah. Even now, you could walk into a hospital with, that, with a gun and people wouldn't know. Like you said, in the 2000s, and it's 2020. Still this is the 2020s. <laughs> <laughs> Roaring 20s. Oh, God. Um, I don't have a good one this week. By you any means. A good one. No, I don't. It was really <laughs> hard. Okay, how about mildly disturbed and it's nothing disturbing by any means isn't yours baffled okay what sure mildly baffled you this week making lids for a pot oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i made two and they both turned out shit one was too small the other one warped and so i'm back to square one i'm gonna one-up you on this <laughs> asia is talking about pottery because she does pottery <laughs> i'm gonna one-up you mm-hmm I'm disturbed by how pottery clay makes me feel. And that's disturbing to me. It makes me... It's like physical anxiety when I have clay on my hands. My ex was that way, too. Yeah. 
<laughs> Why? That's more disturbing than the lids you're trying to make. No, that's fair. It bothers me I can't do clay with you. Yeah. It sucks. Doesn't bother me. The one time we did it... Man, I want it out of there so bad. <laughs> I don't know why. It just fucking... Ooh. It's like the feeling of nails on chalkboard, but like under your skin. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think I have that with anything. I hate it. Touch-wise. I don't even know why. I don't think I have any traumatic clay memories, so... I think mine would be more of a taste texture versus a hand texture. Chickpeas. I feel like I'm chewing sand. And I hate it. It's the only way, way I can kind of blend our feelings to yeah. being almost the same thing. I cannot stand eating chickpeas. I love hummus. I love the flavor of hummus. But if it is not finely ground or whatever they do to make it, and it's still grainy, I can't eat it. Yeah. Just, My ex, he was... I would fuck with him so hard with this. Cotton balls... Like, yeah, cotton balls, you know how they got that weird sort of feel? Mm -hmm. He hated cotton balls. He could not touch <laughs> them. And, like, any time we'd had to open, like, a pill jar, like, for supplements, he would have me do it because there's always the cotton, cotton balls. balls on top. <laughs> That's funny. I used to take them and, like, chase them around with them, and he would legitimately run. <laughs> Aw. That's hilarious. All right, we got to go over what we're drinking, too. Oh, today is something special. We are drinking... Pre-spiked eggnog from Evan Williams. It's got uh, bourbon, rum, and brandy. They also have blended whiskey. I don't know what a blended whiskey is. So there's is. three different alcohols in this. Bourbon whiskey, blended whiskey, rum, and brandy. Fuck. And we put it in our coffee. Yes. And as we were saying, listeners, I apologize ahead of time. I'm going to be a spaz. So if I've blown out your eardrums in past episodes, buckle up. It might happen again. <laughs> I'm going to try my hardest, but like, I can feel it already. Oh dear. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're going to wrap up Alaska with a bit of a longer episode. I have a bunch of mini stories and it fills about seven pages of my notes. Seven. Yeah. All right. We're ready. So buckle in, get settled, grab a glass of whiskey or wine or eggnog, eggnog, hot chocolate, whatever floats your boat. Don't mm. float a boat in eggnog, though. But what if it's a paper one? Like origami boat. I think Why? it'd be adorable. Why? Just a little boat in your cup, just like marshmallows. Oh, like but a cuter. tiny boat. Yeah. I'm thinking like a paper-sized boat, so I'm like, you need a bathtub of <laughs> eggnog. <laughs> That doesn't sound too bad either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So a side note here, the first half of this episode, a lot of the information is gathered from another podcast called History Goes Bump. Um, yeah, from what I could tell, because they posted their stuff online. I didn't listen to the episode. I just read basically their notes. And I found a couple articles here and there, but it was really difficult to dig up some of the information. So I tried to find other articles, very little information. They have magic with Googling, apparently, and were able to find some more details than I could. So yeah. credit goes to them for at least 50 to 60% of this episode. I'm not copying it word for word. Um... So this is just the only source you could find. Only solid source that had all the information in one place. I would go 
take pieces of information like, oh, I want to know more about this, and I would look that up and see what I could find under that particular fact of mm-hmm. whatever story. But did they link yeah. their sources? No, they didn't. That's see what wasn't helpful. <laughs> yeah, this has been hard because we keep running into this where mm-hmm. there's hints of these cool ass hauntings and stories. Yeah. But when you try to dig into it for some content, you can't find anything. Yeah. I would go through, like when you Google something, there's all those pages. I would go through five or six of them just trying to find links. But by the time I got to page six, it was something totally different than what I looked up. Yeah. So it wasn't worth it anymore. But I tried and I tried. Some places I filled in details I could find, others reworded so I wasn't completely plagiarizing, more paraphrasing yeah. what they had found on their own time. And I, I'm sure you've seen this, but what I've noticed is, too, like, different articles will quote each other, mm-hmm. like, word for word. Yeah, I looked at about four articles that did that, word for word articles. Yeah, so that so. ends up becoming a bunch of trash articles because it's yep. really just one article. Yep, that happened to me quite a bit. So that's why this is a compilation of a bunch of little mini stories from what information I could find just to add some fun to it. But Yeah, we got to be flexible. Go out with a bang in this little bunch of mini-stories in Alaska. (laughs) So to start, we're going to delve into the Golden North Hotel. This hotel... Sorry, that was me popping my nails. (laughs) That would be gross. Popping my fingers. Ew. (laughs) See, that was a good disturbing thing you could have brought up. Imagine popping your nails. (laughs) Yeah, I I shuddered on that one. Good job. Wow, you're actually... You disturbed yourself. (laughs) You make a good point. All right, so this hotel was built at the height of the Klondike Gold Rush, if you can believe it. (laughs) Wow. Apparently, 90% of hauntings from Alaska all happened because of the Gold Rush or during the same time. I imagine it was a spooky time. It was the biggest influx of their population ever. When, like, specific towns would go from maybe 700 residents to 10,000. Yeah. And then drop down to, like, a thousand after the rush was over. Yeah. So there was a lot of business, a lot of shit coming in and out, people from all over bringing their baggage with them. Yeah, and Alaska's already kind of already like that. Yeah. I mean to say, they're still like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you don't remember, the height of the Klondike Gold Rush was roughly 1898. Um... This hotel, it is three stories tall, so for the time, that is a very tall building. I mean, Mm. on average, it was a risk for people to build more than two stories. So this one, they went a little ballsy and built three. Well, and their technology wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. Call back to the Red Onion Saloon episode where they were rolling an entire building on some logs. Half of a building. They cut it in half. And and then they they cut it in half. And then... (laughs) Put the halves back together in a different way. They don't know how to build things. No. <laughs> so, for a three-story building, they did good. <laughs> um, they painted it white, and it has a gold-painted cupola. Cupula. I don't hmm. know how to pronounce that, but I had to look up what that was. Do you know what that is? No, it sounds familiar, though. If you ever see a house with that like little square on the roof... It's usually roofed itself. It's like a three-foot, maybe four-foot square all the way around. Um, 
it's most often dome-like. A lot of the times, like nowadays, it's just a little square structure on the top of a building. And it's often used to provide a lookout, admit light or air, and if it's one of those two, it's usually got vents on the side of it and it crowns a larger roof or dome. So mm. it's just a little a square box with its own little mini roof. Do they, do, like, is there a specific use for them? How big are they? Is it like an actual room? Um, I think that depends on the building, because some are built to be like a mini lookout, like you could go see outside of it. Others, Sniper's nest. In a way, yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen some on buildings that look like they could fit here in this closet, four foot by four foot. I was going to say, this looks like about the size. I think this would be big for one. Oh. Like, you could probably put two in here, actually. Okay. Yeah. Just, they're not, it's a square, just with a roof on top of it. Dope. A little mini tiny house on top of a house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, to jump ahead just quickly, the hotel ended up closing in 2002 to guests. Um, The building is currently occupied by Frontier Excursions and Adventures. Now, going back. During the gold rush, around a thousand prospectors would pass through the hotel every week. So, Damn. Lots of business. It was hopping. One of those prospectors was named Klondike Ike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet this character. I'm not sure you would. Oh. He arrived with his soon-to-be bride. Her name was Mary. They relocated to Skagway to reap the riches of gold mining. And so, soon to be bride, so is she going to become Klondike Mary or Mary Klondike? You'll find out. Or Mary Ike? You'll find out. (laughs) How does scary Mary sound? Oh, shit, this is... (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm ready. So, the couple rented room 23 at the hotel. Ike left Mary to make his fortune in the gold mining business, and tragically, Mary died while Ike was away. Now, the reports on her death differ. Some say that she had been ill with pneumonia. Others say she grew depressed, waiting for Ike, and starved herself. And others say that she died of a broken heart. No one actually knows how Mary died. I'm going to say right now, probably pneumonia. Pneumonia makes sense. Anytime I hear, and it's always in these old-ass stories, where women are dying because of a broken heart, or they're fucking sad and they stop eating. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, makes no sense. No. Especially where it's like, ooh, I miss my husband so much, I'm going to starve myself. Yeah, not not real commonsensical. Yeah. Pneumonia, please, and yeah. thank you. So pneumonia is the strongest theory of the three. Um, she was found in her hotel room wearing the wedding dress that she had bought for the upcoming wedding. Okay, that's different. <laughs> okay, never mind. So they never said... <laughs> It was like straight up suicide, died of a broken heart, died of starving herself. But if she's in her wedding dress, it kind of paints a different picture for me. Almost like she killed herself a different way. And because of the time, they didn't want to release how she killed herself. See, that's a hot take I can get behind. Because if she's in her wedding dress, that's dramatic. Yeah, it's really dramatic. Like she wanted to be found Mm -hmm. in the wedding dress she had to have killed herself yep 
unless she was just wearing it all the time. <laughs> so I think that's where the broken heart, quote unquote, comes in of, oh shit, she was depressed, she killed herself, but because the public's not ready for this type of information, we're not going to say she committed suicide, A, B, or C. We're just going to say she died of a broken heart. Wow. Or starved herself. Okay, but that makes sense. That's my fourth theory that doesn't have any science behind it, just being a depressive at some point in my time. Yeah. Well, you know, when we when the quality of information we try to look up online is low, and it's from the 1800s. Or, yeah. Yeah. We kind of have to we kind of have to improvise. Yeah. So, it makes it fun. It's kind of fun. <laughs> could be true, could be false, who knows. <laughs> I like the theorizing. It adds some spice. So, a little spice, yeah. <laughs> so, to this day, Mary's spirit is rumored to be haunting the building to I was about to say to this day again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she has been nicknamed Scary Mary by those who have experienced her. Those who have stayed in room 23 have sometimes woken up to the feeling of being choked. Their lungs feel tight, almost as if they were sick with pneumonia. Oh, my God. Which also makes me think maybe she hung herself. Would your lungs feel tight? But they're waking up feeling choked was my choked. first thought. Yes. Okay. Maybe she hung herself. But... Other guests have reported seeing the apparition of a woman roaming the halls or watching out of a window, and there was nobody there. Whoa. The owner and one of the maids were together when they saw Mary standing by the window in room 23. So they saw her apparition, even though that room was not rented out to anyone. They walked by it, and there was a person there I'm at the window. I'm guessing they keep it on lock. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking my uh, coffee eggnog concoction. Kegnog. Kegnog. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Keep going. Whisk egg? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you want some whisk egg? It sounds like you took an egg and whisked it. No. Is that what eggnog is? Almost, yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, so blasts of cold air are felt as though something very cold has passed by, and unexplainable noises have been heard. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Mary also made an appearance in a photograph. Ooh. A singer from the town Juno had asked his girlfriend to take his picture while he was standing in the hall of the vacant third floor. When the picture was developed, they saw that a woman was standing next to him in the photograph who obviously was not there at the moment that the picture was taken. Because it was just him and his girlfriend. Have you seen this picture? No, there was no picture of it. And it what? really pissed me off. Yeah, what? This is a singer? Mm-hmm. There was a singer from the town Juno, oh which is also in Alaska. We will go back there shortly. But this yeah, is no all picture. hearsay. It's all hearsay. And it really bothers me. And I love the pictures. When yes. there are pictures, they're usually fucking creepy. Yes, I've seen some awesome pictures where you're like, what is that? Holy shit, that's a person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep, I've Damn definitely it. seen it. But not in this one. There is a lesser seen ghost that haunts room 14. A mysterious light has been seen both by guests and staff in that room. Just a little sparkly orb floating around. It seems to be friendly or relatively passive. There's no reported deaths in this room, so there's no theories of who it could have been or why it's there in the first place. Could you explain orbs to me? Why are orbs such a thing? Orbs are very similar to actually seeing a ghost. They just don't have the energy to make themselves 
what they used to be. So it is a spirit. They just aren't forming themselves into looking like a whole on person. Basically, the stronger the image of the apparition that you see, the stronger the energy behind it. So if it's just an orb, there's energy there, there's a spirit there, it's passing, it's moving, but it doesn't have enough energy to replicate itself as to who it was in life. Hmm. So the energy, okay, first of all, now it's going to get into like where they're getting the energy from, which I'm sure is like poltergeisty, haunting type shit. But beyond that, once they got the energy, like, can the peop can the live people around them manipulate how they appear? That's a really good question, but no, I don't think so. Because I was just listening to last podcast on the left, they're talking about Jeff the Talking Mongoose. I love Jeff the Talking Mongoose, <laughs> and that's why we drank did an episode on that, and I laughed so hard. Yeah, and it from what it sounded like, Jeff the Talking Mongoose developed over time from something that was just like scratches and sounds to a fucking talking mongoose. So one thing I will say is yes, the more you think about something, the more energy you give it. So like when people pray, one person praying versus 20 people praying about the same thing, there is more energy going into that one thought than it would be if it was just one person. But did you hear the end of Jeff the Mo Talking Mongoose? No, I just started it. Okay, then I won't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in theory, technically, yes. But it's not quite what you're getting at. Like, there's no way you could get an energy to be stronger by, say, hooking up electronic energy fields or something. Well, I don't it mean would have like that. It's more of the thought you're putting into something, and that also touches into paganism. The thought you put out is energy. What I more mean, because one of their theories about Jeff the Talking Mongoose is that he's from another plane and literally appears in a form that we can understand, which happened to be a mongoose. I'm not going to say anything because you haven't listened to the whole thing. I don't know what their ending is, but I know the ending of Jeff the Talking Mongoose, so I'm not going to touch it. But we don't have to it. talk about Jeff. I'm just saying, like, could, could, if I were expecting to see Jeff the Talking Mongoose, if there's an orb and I'm expecting it to be Jeff the Talking Mongoose, would it be more likely to take that form or is it going to take whatever form it already would have? Like, is it predetermined? Um, generally it's predetermined, but you're going into the science side, placebo effect. Your brain, by thinking about something so much, can develop something. So if you think you have some sort of illness, and you think and you think and you think, you can end up developing something similar, but it doesn't actually have a cause, so it's not treatable, but your body is reacting in the way you're thinking. Yeah. So it's similar and to... And that's an actual thing. Yes. That's why I brought it up, So, because I figured you'd understand yeah, it. I can vibe with that. <laughs> yep, that was the best comparison. Um, so, in theory, if you're doing that with seeing something, you might just see what you want to see so badly, just because yeah. your brain wants to cooperate with it. Right. So, in a way, almost, but it's not on the ghost's side. That makes sense. Or right. the spirit's side. The spirit isn't 
I mean, I will say it depends if it's demonic or not. That goes into a whole different field. Right. Demonic possessions, demonic forces, they will replicate things that you will respond to. So, like, a child's voice. Something familiar. Right. Maybe a and dead mom's voice. And that's Exactly. So, on that aspect, yes. But not the general. That is to be manipulative, to be let in, to eventually turn on you and cause shit to happen. Yeah. The general spirit, no. That's not what they're trying to do. They're not going to do that. They are what they are. And they don't really develop one way or the other. Right. If there's developments, it's from your mind projecting onto it. Right. And I think, just one last thing, I think this is me as a skeptic <laughs> trying to grasp this because it makes sense to me for your mind to fill in the blanks. But if mm-hmm. you're seeing something that your brain can't comprehend or it, there's nothing there that should be there, mm-hmm. I know that that's true, that your brain will create, will fabricate shit. Yes. So that makes sense to me. But... You know, whatever. We can continue now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, so, back to the orb. Um, yeah, there's no real cause as to why this orb is here, what it's doing there, any of its purpose in life. But there have been guests that feel really sick when staying in room 14. And it gets so bad that some people have nearly passed out. Mm. They didn't say what type of sick. They didn't say if it was like nausea or if it was like headaches or they didn't explain it. It was just they. Well, some guests have nearly passed out. And I've seen when Ghost Hunters used to be a show, they had yep. an episode where an entire family was seeing all this shit and they realized it was because their vents started right next to the shelf in the basement where they kept all their paint and paint thinner. <laughs> so they were just like getting high, getting high and hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Which will also make you feel sick. So, like... This doesn't explain any of that. I mean, it's only in the two rooms, room 23 with the dead lady and room 14. So I figure if it was something coming through the air vents, it would be in all the rooms throughout the hotel because all the air vents are connected. Well, and it could be something else, like, you know, there's asbestos in these rooms. Or yeah, maybe these knows? rooms haven't been redone. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> They claim to see a grayish light manifest at the same time that they start feeling ill, and as it fades away, they start to feel better. Mm. Some ghost hunters claimed that they found a dark ring in the tub the morning following their overnight stay in room 14, as if someone had taken a bath in the middle of the night, but none of them had, and they were sure that the tub was clean when they checked in. Hmm. That's about all I got. Makes me want to say someone drowned in there. Golden North Hotel. Yes. All right, moving on. (laughs) Next is the Eagles Hall Fraternity. This one pissed me off. I tried to do a lot of research in this, and I couldn't find jack shit. God damn it. So, kudos to the podcast that did History Goes Bump in the night or something. I don't remember the last couple words. I'm sorry. But you type in History Goes Bump, you'll find it. Goes Bump in the night. Or something. (laughs) (laughs) The Eagles fraternity first met in Skagway in 1990, sorry, 1899, and they moved to the Eagles Hall in 1916. The hall was formed by bringing together two old hotels that were built in the 1890s. Is this sort of like the Lions Club and the Elks Club? 
like fraternity? I think it's from a college. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think it's like those groups. Okay. I think those are like individual groups. I think the Eagles Hall fraternity is part of the college. I don't, I don't know. Again, I couldn't find jack shit. Right so now it's an auditorium. Pretend. Let's pretend it's a cool ass college frat. Yep. <laughs> so all I can find on it right now is that there's events held there. It's like an auditorium. Okay. That's all I can find. That's also what made it really hard to actually look anything up. Because, like, this event is happening. This event is happening. Like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, it was merged from two hotels. Uh, the Mondamin Hotel and the Pacific Hotel. They were kind of merged together. One was 1916 and the other was 1920. The building is two stories and painted maroon with white trim. During the summers, the hall hosts a popular show called Days of 98 Show. Hmm. Saw a lot of articles on that. On, hey, come see this. Come see this. This is a show that's happening now. It was really annoying. <laughs> I'm sure the show's great, but trying to research this made a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Alaska's longest-running theater production and dates back to 1927. The show was originally started as a fundraiser for the hockey club and is a variety show. The second floor seems to host several friendly ghosts they manifest as cold spots and people have seen apparitions throughout the second floor that is all i could get oh could not find any stories and it really made me mad because i wanted to know who these friendly ghosts were i want to know the friendly ghosts casper yeah you know they're all named casper <laughs> yes <laughs> again moving on we go yeah. to the mulleville house I put a lot of whiskey in my coffee. Ooh, you're going to have a good night? Oh, oh, no. This is like morning whiskey. <laughs> Here. Have more coffee. Thank you. Um, the Mulleville House was originally built in 1904 for W.H. Case. Case was a partner in the once well-known photographic firm of Case and Draper. But the house was actually named for a man who lived in it in 1914 to 1949. So, ten years later, a new dude moved in, and that's who the house is named after. Um, Who's this new dude? The new dude is William, nicknamed Mole, Molleville. Okay, Molleville. Like... How <laughs> would you pronounce that? Molvahill. Molvahill? Yeah. Okay, we'll go with it. I was, like, looking over your shoulder at his name, and I thought his name was William Mole Molvahill. It's <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> no, his nickname is Mole. Yeah, I understand why, because, like... No one wants to pronounce that name. Mulvahill. Just so you guys know, it's spelled M-U-L-V-I-H-I-L-L. Molehill. That's <laughs> how I read it. <laughs> he was a railroad dispatcher. Um, the house is built in Victorian style, and his family of six ended up being quarantined in the house during the Spanish flu epidemic. Which we're all learning is not so bad. No, but also at the time, they did not have the medications in the hospitals we do now. So, it was a little more intense than That's COVID. True. That's true. Simply because they didn't have any means to do anything yeah. with it. And the Spanish flu, I mean, that shit was intense. Yeah. So, there are no reports of anyone dying in the house, let alone from the flu. Apparently they survived, they did fine, they had generations following them. Yeah, because they quarantined. Yes. Everybody listening. Everybody quarantined. <laughs> Don't be an idiot. <laughs> So I tried to find out the causes of deaths from the family members. All I got were grave markers. Like, you can find their grave in this graveyard marked this way. I could Sometimes, not find the actual death records. Yeah, very rarely. If you go to, like, the city public records 
website, mm-hmm. you can find death records, but they don't always list the cause. I got a list of graveyards, and the graveyards had literally every person in it and when they died and where they were located. But they did not tell me any... I could not find cause of death. I know what our problem is. What? We're stuck in the 1800s where public health is not a fucking thing. Because no. if it was nowadays... All Everyone, that would be recorded. That would be recorded. We would have... We do. We have whole ass statistics on who's dying from what. Yep. And like, just like calling back to the Seattle episode where <laughs> we're making pipes out of wood and then it burns down and there's shit flowing into the town. <laughs> Every time the tide comes in, we learn from our mistakes. Yes. And we're in a better place now. <laughs> exactly. So William ended up dying in 1948, or sorry, 49. Again, I don't know from what, but his spirit is still in the house. No, from what I could find, he didn't die in the house. He just must have really enjoyed living in the house, and that's where his spirit went. He reputably, reputedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. That's not an EA. Yeah, but read the sentence. He reputedly taps out messages? That's what was... That does not make sense. He taps out messages on a phantom telegraph, opens and closes the doors, and walks through the home, stomping around in what sounds like heavy work boots. Today, the Molehill <laughs> house is a private residence. Filled with moles. Um, and there was no reports of the current owners having experienced any haunting activities. I did find an article written by one of the current owners, and they didn't mention anything. They just talked about the previous family's history. That was it. Lame. I know. I was really disappointed. Boo. Did they talk about how they died? No. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck? Again, this shit was really hard to research. (laughs) All right, next. It's a little tidbit I found on a popular mall in Anchorage. This one was one of my favorites. So... This is actually from werewolf.com. Where what? Werewolf. W-O-O-F. Woof, woof. I typed it wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be looking over your shoulder because that says werewolf. Yes, because I typed it wrong. It should say werewolf. Oh, God. (laughs) I thought you just didn't know how to say wolf. No, I typed it wrong. I'm pretty sure I've heard you say wolf the right way. Yep. (laughs) No, it's werewolf. Jesus. Um, The Diamond Center without an A. While the building was finished in 2002, the original parts of it, like the original building, dates to 1977. Hmm. To the dismay of the staff, it was constructed over a perceived Native American burial ground. You'd think by 1970 we know not to construct things on burial grounds. You'd expect so. It's modern enough. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure Pet Cemetery was out by then. I don't know. Let's look that up. Pet Cemetery date. The book? Yeah, the book. Oh. The movie. (laughs) I was say the movie popped up. No, 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 no. Book. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 89. So no, it didn't come out for another 11 years. (laughs) Um, While the Diamond Center was being constructed, diggers uncovered graves and remnants of human bones. Wow. They attempted to tactfully gather all the tiny graves they could, taking care to keep the bodies separated and ensuring that each found a proper reburial in the appropriate place. How about this? 
it's super nice that you guys are trying to keep the bones together and be nice about it, but let's fucking just leave it alone. Yep, next point. However, due to the sheer gravity of the building site and the numerous graves, the job was no small task and it did not get completed. <laughs> so it's speculated that there were likely many more graves left behind and the disruption caused more problems in delaying the building process. I just love how the theme of not giving up keeps coming into these stories. Like, (laughs) Seattle, obviously, was a pretty bad one. I don't know. People had some resilience back then for doing stupid shit. Yes. (laughs) And an old sacred burial ground, probably not a good idea. Yeah, just give up. If it's hard and it's costing you more money and it's not a good idea in the first place, stop doing it. So the Diamond Center is the largest enclosed mall in the state of Alaska. And it's way bigger than just your average mall. Like, Flatirons would probably look small. Right. And in Alaska, it's probably the biggest. And the one right behind it is the second mall in Alaska. There's <laughs> only two malls. <laughs> oh, see, you know more than I do. I've never no, been to I Alaska. just made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Asia! I've never been to Alaska. I don't fucking know. Asia's... I mean, I almost said Asia's populated. <laughs> it is quite populated. Alaska's populated. They got more than one, two malls. I don't know about an Anchorage, though. I've I know it's the, the Anchorage capital. Mall. It's pretty big. So Anchorage, Diamond. Anchorage, oh, maybe. Anchorage is a fucking huge town, city. Is there more than one mall in Anchorage? Probably. Like, because I, when I went to Alaska, I started off in Anchorage, but then we went to Fairbanks and Juneau, and... Alaska's small. The towns are small. Anchorage is like an actual city that you could compare to Denver at the very least. It's pretty big. I've heard it's big. I just wasn't sure if it would have more than one mall. I don't know. Probably. It's, it's... Did the mall you go to have four floors? Uh, I don't remember. See, I think you'd remember it. So, Hmm. going into the architecture. Sorry. (laughs) Over 200 stores cover four floors. Fuck. Yeah. It has about, and they didn't really explain it, but from the one image I saw, it looked ovular. Like, it looked like an oval-shape mall structure to it. The center features an office, a theater, a skating rink, a post office, an arcade, a food court, a bowling alley, and a health club. So, really, it's a military base. It might as well be. 200 fucking stores, all that shit is in the middle. Yeah, and you could live there Mm -hmm. if there was a third world war. Yes. I don't think you'd want to, though. That's where the U.S. government has all of their uh, radioactive weaponry. You nailed it. Thank you. On the head. So, like you covered, they covered all their bases. Um, Everything. You okay? Did you hurt your tooth? my tooth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the one thing they weren't expecting were all the restless spirits of the bodies that were disturbed. They weren't expecting that? No. They were just focused on giving this town their greatest luxury. (laughs) Sorry, city. (laughs) It wasn't long before the Diamond Center got its reputation as being a hotspot for paranormal activity, causing many people to ditch shopping once the sun started to go down and it started getting dark. So people reported hearing flute music and drums long after the center closed, especially near the bathrooms and the basement. Hmm. It wasn't long before additional reports came rushing in and the stories of paranormal got even more weird. 
Many bad things started to happen to the facilities, but only a few were actually listed. So, one of the worst stories stemmed from an unexplained refrigerant leak in the skating rink. What a strange mm -hmm. thing to haunt. 24-year-old manager of the skating rink died of asphyxiation while trying to stop the leak in the compressor room. Um, and asphyxiation can be like not breathing air or it can be like being strangled. For him, I think it was not breathing air. Yeah, I'm guessing with a coolant, leak, yeah, with a coolant leak, he's like not breathing air. Yeah, so two maintenance workers and two health club patrons who were swimming in the pool were also affected and had to be resuscitated by emergency workers. Shit. Yeah. Six were hospitalized and 33 were injured. Shit. Despite an investigation, the cause of the leak was never discovered and operations quickly continued. Weird, eerie. So people continued to report strange occurrences on the skating rink after... Sorry. Yeah, you read that right. Yeah, but I think I wrote it wrong. People continued to report strange occurrences on the skating rink after the ice rink incident, but I think it was just in general. I don't think it was just on the skating rink. Mm. Sorry, bad notes, guys. The activity in the Diamond Center seemed to increase with reports of apparitions and spirits of Native American people roaming the center and seeing packs of wolves in hallways. Did any of them happen to mention a wolf with large feet, a wide head, and <laughs> shoulders that are three to four <laughs> feet across? No, I don't think your cryptid made it inside. Damn it! <laughs> the most common apparitions are described as a tall man, an old woman, and a lost child. Those Classic. are Classic. Yeah, those are the three that people see the most often. Um, but the worst is certain parts of the mall seem to house an evil presence. Ooh. Many describe seeing a dark shadow, feeling a deep sense of fear, and often pinches are heard hissing. Wait, pinches? Like, like something. Like being pinched yeah. and they hear hissing. Yeah. Okay. I left out a word, sorry. And often felt pinches. <laughs> pinches. And often felt as it, I'm just drunk. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> We're moving on. God damn, we're I know. going through these. I know. Maybe we shouldn't talk so fast. Yeah, let's slow down. Let's keep bantering. Let's banter more. Bore all the people who don't want to listen to our banter. But it's our podcast. So it is off. our podcast. We're not really talking to anyone because no one has complained. No. <laughs> and hardly anyone listens. I think we're good. I think this is worth mentioning since we're taking a little break between stories. I'm going to drink then. Asia cannot keep her hand still and I have to keep <laughs> handing her my tiny panda bear plushie so that she doesn't make a ton of noise like fidgeting i do fidget a lot and i also fidget so i'm like kind of shocked that you fidget way more than i do yeah my hands need to be busy i've i got one of those little box toy what are they called fidget box yeah something like that it's a little yeah. fidget toy but it's like octagonal yeah. There's a bunch of different sides on it. It has yeah. a bunch of different things on it, but it annoys the shit out of people. Oh, yeah. So, I know. <laughs> so I don't use it very often. But, yes, my hands need to be busy. I need to be doing something. Yeah. Don't know why. Helps me think better. Don't know what it is. That might be why I've been holding my arms. Because I'm similar. I'll, like, when I'm, when I'm in bed with Bay, <laughs> it usually pisses them off. Like, I won't notice, but I'll do something like rub their if we're holding hands 
Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have stopped there. Moving hands. Yeah, like I'll like rub their fingers and not even notice it, but they'll yep. like their skin will get raw and they're like, yeah. you realize that you're rubbing my finger raw. Like, yep. Oh, sorry. And then I'll stop for like 30 seconds and I'll start up again yep. because I do that too. Like, I do it remember. too. And I know the feeling of being rubbed raw. Like I've had people rub my skin or rub my shoulder mm-hmm. trying to comfort Whoa. me. Ignore and... that. Yeah, that was not my phone. <laughs> And yeah, it'll, my skin will feel like it's being hurt and it's not pleasant. But yeah, no, I do the same thing. Holding hands, rubbing someone's shoulder. It's absent-minded, but my fingers are moving. Yeah. Um, let's see. How are we on time? Oh, we're only at 45 minutes. So it's not as long as I expected it to be for seven pages of notes, but I've got one more story a little more detail. <clears throat> yes. Sorry. I tried to do more research into this one. Again, really, really hard to find. So. I forgive the, you. The Alaskan Hotel in Juneau. Um, there was a paranormal couple that chased down hauntings and spook around a little bit, but I don't have the travel channel, so I could not watch the whole episode that they did on it. Mm-hmm. It really bothered me. What I are wanted they to. Um, I thought I would have written the name down, but apparently I didn't. We are so good at our job. I know. It's fucking great. <laughs> Let me scroll down to my sources here. Uh, Haunted Journeys. Oh, cute. Yeah. So it really looked like it would be a good episode. I saw a seven and a half minute teaser on YouTube mm. and I wanted to watch it, but I'm not paying to watch it, so. Sorry, yeah. we don't make enough. I found one of those for the saber wolf, mm-hmm. and it was in Alaska. This is why I started with Alaska, because it was an Alaska thing at the mm-hmm. beginning. And I found his origins in Canada. Anyways, I watched this episode. It was like Alaskan monsters. It's an entire TV series of these <laughs> Alaskan men going around looking at finding monsters. Fun. And this episode was so ridiculous. They basically are out in the woods in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and something's chasing them and they're running to the shed and the cameraman is just shaking the camera and it's all green so you can't see shit (laughs) yeah they get in the shed and they start calling on their walkies to the base camp and they're like oh my god something chased us into this shed send help and then you hear like this growling it's It's a bear And and they look out the window and they're like, oh my God, is that a bear? And they're like, no, what the fuck is that thing? And then it's like, and it's like (laughs) hitting up on the shed. And it's the dumbest, fakest thing I've ever seen. And I hated it. And I didn't bring it up because it was trash. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of wanted to see what they found in this episode. Because from what I could find online, it looked like it had about an hour of content. Mm. Like They were at least there for a while. Yeah. I don't know if they were there for one night or multiple nights, but they went here to record, do some paranormal activity stuff, see what they could find. But it was also confusing because sometimes when I looked it up, I, the one consistent part is it was season one. The inconsistent part was if it was episode one or episode 101. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. So if you bother to look it up, I don't know which episode to give you. There was a one in it. <laughs> oh my god, this the freaking sources are such trash quality. It is so hard to find. 
So the Alaskan Hotel is the oldest operating hotel in Southeast Alaska. Alaska. Ooh. And opened in September 16th, 1913. It was built roughly by about five people, but I won't get into that many names. It was confusing. Even just me reading it, I was like, who? What? The couple were listed as brothers. They didn't say if there was two or three oh, of them. Oh, like they commissioned? I thought you meant like five people built the like with I their hands. I don't know. They didn't explain it. Oh my I don't know if it was these five people erected it or if it was they contracted it. I don't know. It wasn't explained. Just said, <laughs> here's a list of names. One said the someone brothers and the other one had two names with one nickname, but it made it sound like one person. So I don't know if it was four <laughs> people, five people or six people or more. Alaska, for real, like get better at the record keeping. Right. <laughs> So, upon its grand opening, there was a wordy statement, but I thought it was amusing, so I quoted it. And it says, quote-unquote, At 6 p.m., the management will formally unlock the door. The keys will then be attached to a toy balloon, which will carry them out of sight. From the moment the doors swing open, never to close, the hotel will be for the accommodation of guests. So they're trying to be, like, all... I don't know, theatrical. They're like, we're literally going to have our doors open for you people 24-7. And to prove it, we're just going to let our keys float away. It was 1913. They didn't give a fuck. It was all theatrics. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> That's um, hilarious. So this is believed to be part of why the ghosts here have never left. Once a guest, always a guest. Yeah, because your door is always open. Just like the freaking California Ho Hotel California. Yeah. You can come, but you can never leave. I love that song. And that wasn't quite right, but you were close. You can come, but you can never leave. That love was better. <laughs> that was a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1978, the hotel was listed in the National Register of Historic Places and has been restored to its former glory, glory, former glory <laughs> by current owners, Mike and Betty Adams. I thought that was a fun way to spell Betty. B-E-T-T-Y-E. -T -T -E. You know, that's not fun. It's just redundant. Like my name. It makes me <laughs> irritated. And now your name's going to irritate me because I never thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's... For me, it's fun to see all the different ways people come up with pronouncing my name. I've got a list of about seven to eight different pronunciations. You know, did I ever tell you about the girl I knew, the only other Asian in my life that I knew, who spelled her name A-S-J... A-H. Asja. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what we called her. Yep. Because how the fuck do you get Asia from that? I don't know. Okay. There are so many different spellings in my name. It's ridiculous. This is also in Netherland, Colorado, where everyone's mom is a hippie. That's true. Yeah. Nothing can be the same. It's all got to be unique. Rainbow titty squirrel was a girl I actually knew. <laughs> just kidding. Sorry, the I'm face just I just gave her. <laughs> <laughs> so the couple the Adams have been the owners for over 40 years and thoroughly understand the spookiness that resides within this building do they have any relation to the Adams family I was thinking that there's only one D not two oh Adams family has two D's gotcha double D bitch <laughs> <laughs> we're really reaching for some content here <laughs> we are I hope you're enjoying the ride as much as we are. We amuse ourselves <laughs> we very <do>. easily. <laughs> so we start with the story of Alice. Mm. 
So she was the most commonly seen apparition within the hotel. Alice arrived again during the Klondike Gold Rush. Oh my God. Surprise. <laughs> she arrived with her husband. They Klondike wished- Mike. <laughs> he was actually never named. I could not find the name of the husband. Jesus. Just Alice. So, they wished to strike it rich with gold. No way. I know, it's surprising. And the husband left to mine it. No. He said he'd be back in less than a month, but after a few weeks had passed and he had not returned, Alice, lacking in funds, found an alternate method of supporting prostitution. Yes. Next line. Meaning prostitution. Bring it back. Yeah. However, her husband did return after a while. And when he came back to the hotel and he saw Alice with another man, he was enraged. Needless to say. Well, excuse me, but like, you've been gone. Like, I doubt. You've been gone for over a month. You said you'd be back in less than a month. And I ran out of money. And this is, and we, as we learned, this is the only way women are making money. Out yeah. in Alaska during the Klondike Gold Rush. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, legend has it, his enragement caused quite the dire scene. Mm. The furious husband fired many rounds from his revolver into the man who was betting his wife and saved the last shot for Alice herself. Damn. Yeah. Ooh. Alice's But ghost. we don't know his name. No, we don't know his name. <sighs> okay. Again, records in the late 1800s. Not very strong. No. So Alice's ghost is seen mostly in room 219. I saw another one that said 218, but I'll get there in a second. Um, she's usually sitting or outstretched on the bed wearing a sheer flimsy gown depicting her trade. The term that they used in the article was diaph... How do you pronounce that? Diaphanous? Yeah. It's a fun word. The fuck does that mean? Sheer... Flimsy, shiny, like, basically what would you would think of, like, something a prostitute would wear. Where I you've got have... a dress that's revealing, like lingerie, but it's really pretty at the same time. Kind of see-through, not quite. Advertising I... without being like, I'm fully naked, here I am. So, like, so like cheesecake porn. <laughs> I have a whole ass degree in English literature, mm-hmm. never have I ever seen the word diaphanous. Yeah, I had to look it up. I thought and it was great. And I want to know who the asshole was that wrote this article and just was like, I'm going to use this old ass word. Light, delicate, and translucent. Diaphanous. Yep. yep. He tried pretty hard for that one. Wanted to sound <laughs> edumacated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anywho, today both staff and guests have reported interacting with Alice many times. Here's your bear. Thank you. (laughs) Like I said, she lingers in room 219, but she is not limited to that room alone. She will move next door to room 218, but also above the rooms to 318. Well, she is a prostitute. Yes. Mm. But her ghost kind of seems to be in like a bubble that encompasses two rooms on one floor up into the room above her. And I think we've had this discussion... I read a book once when I was a child and it had this theory that ghosts can only go where their bodies have been in the previous life. Sometimes. Yes. So for the most part, are you of the opinion that ghosts can freely flow and move wherever? 
Or they're trapped to their paths that they made while they were alive. Depends on the ghost. Depends on the death. Depends on the situation they were living in. Um, some ghosts that like reside in, say, a haunted house. Or just a normal day-to-day -day house that people use, but they still live there, so it's haunted, technically. They, A, usually don't know that they're dead. So sometimes you'll hear voices that'll say, like, what? Or who's there? Because to them, you're the weird voice. Mm. They don't know they're dead. So they're living their routine in their day-to-day, -day, in their home, but they're hearing your voices. Yeah. So they're confused, oh just as you are. What if we're ghosts? Bro, what if we are ghosts? What if this isn't Did my apartment? <laughs> yeah, but you're a ghost. You could pinch me, it would hurt. It wouldn't hurt you. But like, okay, if you're a ghost and you hear voices and you're like, who's there? Because you think there's someone there. You obviously don't know you're a ghost. That's very fair. You know? So you must be like, to yourself, to your perception, flesh and blood. I don't think I would have gotten hired for a new job if I was a ghost. Yeah, but I have to exist. Ghost. What if we're just a bunch of ghosts in some bitch's closet right now? I would say that's a high thought, but I know you're sober. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like edging on the edge <laughs> of being sober. My other question. I've... You're saying... That if I made it in to the Oval Office somehow, that I could return. There's a chance I could return when I was a ghost and go into the Oval Office. There's a chance, yes. All right. So another thing is the people who are have passed that are living in their home still, and say you remodel it, say oh. you like decide to take put a wall in or take a wall out and move things around from the actual structure of the blueprint of the house. That's when you start getting ghosts that look like they're walking through walls. Right. Because when they were alive, that wasn't a wall. That wasn't there. So they're on their same path of their routine every day, but now there's just a wall in the way. In like a ghost house. Uh-huh. Whoa. So that does happen a lot. When people move into a house that's a really old home, that the ghosts still reside there, and they're like, I saw a ghost walk through the wall. Well, you end up finding out that that wall did not originally used to be there. So they're walking... What the blueprint used to be when they were alive versus what it is today so if you're a ghost that haunts people because you know you're a ghost are you like more intelligent yes higher more. iq ghost more energy more intelligent can interact with more of the ghost readers like evps and shit like that you have more energy to put towards that usually can come up with an apparition like a full body one versus just a floating orb mm. that type of thing this is such an interesting science. It is, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> All right, back to the story. Most guests cannot stomach to stay in the room with her and either request to be moved or leave altogether. Lots of staff are in the same boat as them. They are disturbed when working in her haunt zone. Housekeepers have it the worst, in my opinion, because towels and other benign items are moved or missing or misplaced in these three rooms quite often. So, the poor housekeepers constantly have to replace them, put them back where they were. I feel like it just gives them more work to do, and that's not fair to the housekeepers. I think they're... If I was a housekeeper, I'd be like, oh, you. Ha 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 ha. If I was the housekeeper, I'd walk in, seat on the floor, and go, again? Can you not? <laughs> At least not when I'm working. Can you do it when so-and-so is on shift instead of me? Because this yeah, is getting annoying. Yeah, you just, like, request haunting. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't mind if you do you. 
Just don't do it when I have to clean up after you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> haunt the new girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there are many ghosts in the Alaskan hotel, but only a few have been notable enough to mention, which again bothers me. Not a lot of information, just a couple hotspot stories. Hmm. So the next room is in room 315. What pissed me off about researching this is they never explain why this room is haunted. The story that I'm about to tell you is because the room's haunted, this happened. But no one told, I could not find anywhere that explained what happened in room 315 and why it's so haunted. Mm, like okay. the original haunt. Yes. Okay. So Betty Adams, again, one of the owners, and others refer to this as the epicenter of the paranormal activity in the building. For it to be an epicenter, there's got to be a fucking story, and I couldn't find it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really irked by this. Um, Betty refers to the room as creepy, saying that although she has never seen anything, she gets strong, uneasy sensations when she enters the space. According to a couple people that were there in May 2007, a tragic event occurred that is left in... Mm. Indelible. Yeah, but it's more like... I've. I don't know what that translates into. Indelible? I think it just means, like, indelible means, like, it's going to be there forever. Like, permanent, sort of. Okay. Has left an indelible mark on the property. The event is painted as a gruesome picture. And resulting reports written about three, room 315 describe a scene where a sailor who was in town asked for the most haunted room in the hotel. Again, no one told, no one tells anyone what made this room so haunted. But this most haunted room happened to be room 315 on the third floor, so he was promptly checked into it and would later regret that decision. That night, there was a commotion in the room, and when the police responded, they discovered blood splattered, spattered, I think it's spattered. Splattered. Splattered is word. Splattered, splattered and splattered. But spatter refers to blood itself. Like, when people go into a crime scene and they're looking at the blood spatter... They're looking at how the blood got where it is. Mm, yeah, so, but splattered, I mean, they're like the same thing. Spatter, spatter is like flicks, flicks of blood, flicks of blood on the wall. Splatter is like whole ass fucking, I don't know what you would call it, like. Someone dumped a paint bucket. Yeah, <laughs> paint bucket splatter. That's how I think of spatter and splatter. I just think spatter is referred to just with blood, but. No. Maybe. Getting technical. <laughs> so, the blood was spattered all about the walls. I like how you stuck with your guns. I did. And there was also a broken window. Turns out that the sailor jumped or fell or was pushed through his window and fell to the ground in the alley below. A witness in his room below his... Sorry. A witness in his room below room 315, so second floor, had her wind window broken as his body bounced between the hotel and the adjacent building on the way down. He broke a lot of windows on both buildings falling from the third floor. How close are these buildings? I'm picturing a body bouncing from building to building. I mean, like... I would expect maybe six feet. And that's why... But you're not gonna bounce six feet. Like, okay, you know. fall out of one building. And that's why I don't think he fell. I... The only way that could make sense is if he was pushed, because of the angle which he pushes out the, out of the window, he would hit the next building and then bounce back just due to physics. That's he would go down, you'd bounce, and you'd go down again. 
The third one is where you would probably lose momentum, but coming from the third floor, going with momentum, pushed out of one, hitting that one and bouncing off of mm. it, you would hit the other building at least one time. I have experience with dead weight bodies because I'm a nurse mm -hmm. and dead weight is for real. Like I do not picture this is a, this is a sailor. He's yeah. a grown man. But he's not dead weight. He's not asleep. He's not medicated. But he's, he's, he's practically dead weight. Like, you're he's, right. he's not a, got control of it. His body's just flailing. What I'm going to say is a human body is heavier than it looks. I don't think you could throw someone hard enough for them to bounce six feet back to hit a window below the story he was thrown from. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know the spacing of the buildings. Could have been smaller. I don't know what their fire standards are, but usually there's at least six feet between buildings, if not more. Yeah, but also we've learned that they're learning. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this could have been a lot closer. Who knows? I'm just saying there's not... Bodies don't do a lot of bouncing, you know? No. Again, makes the story all that more... <laughs> so... Amazingly, the sailor beat the odds and survived this fall. What a badass. Right? He was given care after and managing to make it to the street from the alley. And to this day, there's no explanation for his jump, fall, whatever, or the bloody mess it left him behind. This horror story could have ended tragically, and thankfully it didn't. But, again, no actual reports of what haunted this room. Yes. No other reports of what else happened in room 315. Yep. What made it so spooky outside of feelings and why this was the epicenter? I can see that you're very bothered. I'm very vexed. <laughs> this is my disturbing fact. <laughs> Record keeping. Yes. So there's another spirit that you can sometimes see in the mirror by room 308 as you walk up the stairs. Several guests have had so much activity in room 219 that they have asked for a new room. I don't know why it jumped back. Whatever. Sorry. My notes. Um, an employee thought that someone was walking up to the desk. As he lifted his head, he saw a blonde girl in a white dress, and she just disappeared. Hmm. And that's that hotel. <laughs> the Alaskan Hotel in Juneau. It sounds like most of these places are just ones that you'd have to experience. Yes. Which is why I eventually want to get to the point where we're visiting and experiencing shit. Plus, you know that if you're actually on site, like, the hotel probably has, like, a ghost More, tour. Yeah. Because when I did the Red Onion Saloon, the most information I got was from watching a video that somebody took as a tourist as they went on the ghost tour mm -hmm. of the Red Onion. Yeah, when I was in Seattle, I got more information on that ghost tour than I did researching all that for the episode. And all we're saying is just post that shit online, you know? Yes! Share with the world. Let <laughs> us know. And that actually is a good segue um, into my last little fun fact for the day. All right. Anchorage, Alaska hosts a trick-or-treat town. Mm. So the segue is, I want to visit Alaska, and this is when I want to visit Alaska. Dude, Alaska is dope. That's what I've heard. Um, so they host trick-or-treat town for two days in October, like usually the week before or weekend before Halloween. So it's a huge space. They set a garage. 
I forgot the square footage, but this place is huge. It's not like a two-car garage. It is like giant an hangar. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Like, you know how Spirit Halloween will rent out a space, and it's a really big space, but they're only there for that little period well, of time. Well, and in October in Alaska, it's dark. Like, it's dark for, I can't give you the exact numbers, but it's not like, you know, you we got it 12 day. hours and versus right. whatever. It'll be like, they got light for five hours. Yeah. So, it's cold. So, I bet you it is a big space just mm-hmm. to keep people warm because it's October in Alaska. Yep. So this space has been, it gets converted into a little mini town for two days, all ages, kids, families, everyone's welcome type thing. It's like a trunk or treat. Yeah. Except for much bigger. (laughs) They host 40 doors that they build to be historically almost like a replicate. Like they try to, thank you, replica. So they try to make it look old. They try to bring history to it. There's actually educational bits at the different little buildings, air quotes. Um, So anyone can learn something from where they go. There's live performances, including dancers, magicians, martial arts, and musicians. There's also a musical instrument petting zoo. And I had two theories on that. Either there's a bunch of musical instruments you get to just try out for the hell of it, or they have dancing animals. (laughs) My first thought is, like, everyone gets a snake, and you get to try your hand at snake fluting or whatever the fuck it is. I love it. (laughs) So, I want to see what that's about, and there's just general games and activities. But, fun fact, if you're ever in Alaska, the weekend before Halloween, go check out this trick-or-treat town. It sounds badass, and it's in Anchorage, Alaska. And if you're ever visiting Alaska, don't visit in October. You're going to hate your life. (laughs) I guess that sucks for me. (laughs) You and I will have fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's Alaska. We'll be moving into Arizona for our next episode. We liked Alaska. There just wasn't enough information to really make it a powerful season of episodes. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling we're going to get the best information from, like, the settler territory. Fuck. Settler era? Yeah, from, like, the East Coast, where everything is old as fuck, yeah. and it's established and been there a long time, versus places like Alaska, which is still considered one of the, you know, last frontiers. Yeah. It's very sparsely populated. Juno, which is the capital, is way smaller than Anchorage, and the only way you can get there is by plane or by ship. Shit. You cannot, you cannot drive to Juno. Yeah. It's an interesting place to have a capital. It makes no (laughs) sense. Like, and Alaska's just like that. Like, it's really hard to access. It makes sense that we're not getting good information out of it because hardly anyone lives there. And like the ones who do, we're probably not hearing half of the shit that's happened in yep. Alaska because people are just dying alone in the I don't bother to record anything down. Exactly. (laughs) So it's like, while it's all old stories, yeah, there's settlers, yeah, this is happening, there's not enough hard evidence to be like, this person lived from here to here, died because of this, and this is what happened afterwards. Yeah. When we were in Alabama, we had a couple good stories. You had your sloths, I'm thinking of Skeeto's Hole. Mm -hmm. Old. Alabama's old as fuck. So Arizona... It's going to be somewhere in, in between. I'm we'll hoping see for some aliens 
and some chupacabra or some shit like that. Some deserty type stuff. Creepies. Creepies. Yes, this is See? the creeps part. <laughs> yeah, so we've got haunts, we got creeps. Haunts, spooky, creeps, anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cryptids, aliens, you name it. Hell yes. That goes under haunts. <laughs> creeps. Goes under creeps. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's the episode. Um, you can find us on Instagram at haunts underscore n underscore creeps. Again, there's no s's in any of the pronunciations, all z's. Um, we've got a website, it's not great. I'll announce that later when we actually have a domain name, so it's not two paragraphs haunts long. Haunts and creeps at wordpress.net or some shit. It's like haunts and creeps wix.com forward slash haunts and creeps or something what like the that. F- yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. We're right making now. this very easy for all of you out there. <laughs> There's a link tree on our Instagram where you can find our Patreon, you can find our we should Twitter, just, we you should just everything. share the link tree. I have the link tree. It's on our right, Instagram. Right, so like at the end of the episodes, what's the link tree, Asia? I think it's link tree... <laughs> forward slash haunts and creeps. I don't remember how they set things up. Link well, anyways, it's weird. on there. You'll find us somewhere, right? <laughs> Link tree. Yeah. So the way they do their thing is link tree, but it's dot ee. So link dot ee forward slash Hunts and creeps. <laughs> oh my god. And most importantly, just go to Patreon. Help us out. We're oh so Oh my broke. god, yes. We need your help. We need better recording equipment. The quality. If you're tired of our voices being all over the place, if there's echoes in the background, random shit like that, please help us on Patreon. Yeah. And if some of you out there are tired of sitting on piles of cash, <laughs> Here's your opportunity. Share with the lesser of you, of us, of me. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, I think that's probably good, right there. <laughs> that's very fair. Y'all keep it creepy. We'll be back with the special guest on our next episode. Yeah, who knows? Is it gonna be? <laughs> Better find out next week. Good night, everyone. We love you. Bye. Bye, creeps. <laughs>